Hey Miley, we need some intro music. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Woman, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Woman Get In Podcast. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you are so perky i love it this is because you make me happy mandy it's the best i like i like that really grouchy on the way over here you were really grouchy kind of when i got here <laughs> you beat me to my house today <laughs> but being in your presence always makes me happy yes same same even when it's zoom yeah and i'm like we're both mediocre rolling into a zoom intro like last week <laughs> and we're like all right, now we're together. We're better. Yay. Together, yes. we're better. Yes. Bumper sticker. <laughs> I mean, it's probably already stickers. a bumper sticker. It's probably yeah, already but a with sticker. our logo on it. Bam. Okay, I like that. Mm. I, what about like a little silhouette of two chicks like high fiving or holding hands? Or oh, what if we just each hold up a little heart hand? Ooh, a I half like, of a heart. I, like, I, I don't like. know. We'll think of something okay, cheesy. Done. I want to start doing some. I'm going to start with our merch with uh, stickers. Okay. So that's why I'm collecting. Okay. Phrases. Ideas for stickers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what a, a great one would be? Woman get lost. <laughs> you can it. put it on all your hiking yes. gear. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my goodness gracious. Because you love to get lost. Okay, I'm putting it on my to-do list. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so what's new? Are you, you going to tell us what's new and good with you for this week's intro? What's new and good with me? Your birthday's coming. Ah, yes, birthday is coming, and I—it's almost cancer season, people. Say, I still haven't decided what I'm going to do for my birthday. Girl, neither have I, and it is officially—I mean, your birthday's right around the corner. Mine is less than a month yeah, away. Yeah, I am heading up to Minneapolis next week, and I'm actually really, what did really you just say? Bummed. Minneapolis. Oh my god! It sounded like you said Midnight Apolis, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I could have. I could have said it. We're gonna hear on the playback. The listeners will hear it. Uh, but uh, Minneapolis, yeah. the world's biggest mall, the Mall of yes. America. Yes, and I was gonna get there a couple days early and drive up to Voyagers National Park, and uh, and then after that, I was gonna stop by Denver and go to Rocky Mountain National Park. Like you were gonna fly through Denver on the mm-hmm. way back to Phoenix? Yeah. Okay. So I figured I would just do an overnight at Denver so I could stop by the national park. Okay. But there's a huge Canadian fire that has now obscured mm. all of the like a lot of the Voyagers National Park. And one of the things oh. about Voyagers National Park is that you can see Orion's nope, Aurora nope. Uh-huh. The lights, the aurora borealis. Yes, that yeah. you had it right on the second. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, just the first part, and then I couldn't remember the last part, and then I just gave up. <laughs> but uh, so there's no point in driving five hours to the national park if I can't see the northern lights or the sunrise. Right. And then I got so busy the last week, I completely forgot to buy my permit into Rocky Mountain National Park. So now there's no point in stopping by Denver either. So I am very, very 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 upset i was gonna say so you're really 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 dejected by the whole there's no by the fact that you can't squeeze in any national parks fun into your trip exactly and Mm. it was kind of like a a birthday present to myself and now Mm. now i'm not now i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) her voice match her face matches her voice for anyone who is listening and obviously you can't see this because we are not video like on video here but 
Yeah, her face, her <laughs> eyes get all sad, and her posture gets really small. No. And her, hmm. she gets all scrunchy, and yeah, she makes a pouty lip, and <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. So back to the square. I mean, back to square one. Yes. Back to the drawing board. But I have no time for the drawing board lately because work has been sucking the life out of me. Okay, for those that do know what I do, I do love my job. Just let me preface that before I start talking bad about my job. This is <laughs> sucking the life out of me. To it's, do a good job, it's sucking the life out of me. I could totally be a slacker. I was thinking that. I was like, I was thinking, <laughs> man, if I didn't do such a good job at 80%. work. Yeah, if only I knew how to do 80% like a lot of other people. Yeah. But I don't know anything other than 100 or 110%. Yeah, you're like 130. <laughs> and I don't know. Most I, everybody else around there yeah. is like 65. And that's what, like I think my personal dilemma is like, why am I functioning at that level? Why can I not learn different? It's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up for being an overachiever. Also, I will I will reassure you that because I worked in that place for so long, that this time of year is how everyone feels. This is <laughs> this time of year is so exhausting. You're literally in the home stretch between the two classes. Yes. You're right on the verge of a summer break, which clinic doesn't completely yeah. shut down at summer break. We don't break. get a summer break as faculty and staff. But students go away, right? You don't get a paid vacation. You get a 4th no. of July long weekend at best. Yes. But students, majority of the students go away and residents go into orientation. So there's very little clinic activity. So there, there is a little reset, but this time of year is always so heavy because you have all these newbies coming in and like- So many the, newbies. And the, and the people that are there, the students and the residents that are on their way out just want to fucking leave and they are barely showing up as it is yeah they're showing up in the bare minimum they're not, they're 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 i understand where they're coming from and you probably do too I, do. I understand but it it just means that i have to do extra it's a major senioritis yes. time of year like the may and june is a struggle yeah. and then there's lots of conferences happening late in the spring and everyone starts to travel in the summer so staff gets really thin and it's a whole series of events that lead to most people feeling very burned out right now and then a new class comes in and it gets all invigorating and then there's all these fresh people in the clinic and they're excited to learn again and it resets in like a month but it is definitely a tough month and you're not alone everyone starts to feel this way this year and it's totally understandable i think it's just i'm less able to manage I'm I'm struggling with self-management and self-regulation. Well, Usually I'm a little bit better than this. This is the worst year ever. Well, I think you've also maybe fallen off your own self-care. Yes. And that yes. doesn't help. Tis true. Tis true. So if you're, you know, not feeding yourself, not sleeping well, not taking care of just little bullshit that makes you excited during the day, then yes. it's really easy to feel worn down and bummed out by normal everyday stuff. Like I, things that would normally not upset me. Yes. If I'm tired, I haven't slept well in a couple of days or I'm premenstrual <laughs> or like my hormones are in a place where I'm just, I can't handle it. Like everything will set me off. And I'm like, I just need to go be alone and cry and sleep for like 15 hours. Is that cool? Like anybody have any objections to that? So I get it. Yes. To all of the above. Hi, <laughs> Chihuahua. Okay, well, I give you permission after we're done recording here to go home and sleep for like, I don't know, like you could probably get in a solid 11 hours. Yeah. 
I know. Okay, good. But I also want to hang out with you and the boyfriend. Well, maybe you come to happy hour with us and then go home and sleep for 10 hours. I'm experiencing FOMO. So do yourself a treat. Do both. Do it all. You were talking about um, taking a vacation for your birthday and you were like, I don't know if I should treat myself or hunker down in a hole and be alone. And I was like, "Um, do both. Like, go treat yourself somewhere where you can just be alone. Yes. I think I might just do that. Like, I love, you remember when we went to Hawaii, I went a couple days ahead of you. You had some things going on and I was like, I'm just going to go a couple days ahead and just Mm -hmm. be alone for a few days. I think. Good point. Good point. Do that. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of places you can go alone that are safe, not driving to Yuma in the middle of the night. That's true. That's um, true. <laughs> <laughs> plenty I'll of places. During the day. <laughs> yes. Plenty of places you can go and be safe as a solo woman. Yes. We had a whole episode about traveling solo as a woman. Yes. Tips and tricks and how to do it safely, how to, you know, keep yourself in good situation and good company. And you can do this. Yes, I can. You've done it Thank before. Thank you, Mandy, for giving me encouragement. Yeah. I can do this. You can do this. And you deserve it. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. I do deserve a break. Yeah. I do deserve to give myself 110%. You do. Give back to yourself more than you give to the office. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to figure out, like, I've been covering for people for the last few weeks because they've been on vacation. And now I'm, I'm going to tell them... You need to cover me so I can go on vacation. That's what's up. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. I still don't know what I want to do for my okay. birthday. Uh, do you have any ideas floating around? I, I was toying with the idea of just getting a room locally at a Ooh, resort and yeah. just playing by the pool. Ooh. And then I'm like, it's so hot here. Should I just like pop up to Sedona and do that for a night or two? Ooh, that's a good idea. I don't feel like I want to take off for an entire four days and really go somewhere Mm -hmm. out of town because I'm you know I have little trips planned and little things going on and I don't I just feel the need to sort of work when I can but like I do want to make a little time for me in the middle of the week my birthday's on a oh wait my birthday's on a Friday I think uh yeah yeah. no no wait Friday no Saturday I think my birthday's on a Saturday I don't know don't quote me on that Saturday (laughs) is it Saturday so yeah maybe I just want to take off and do something on a Saturday then and because usually I don't work Saturday nights anyways all my stuff is done and I can push everything out the door by Friday if I need to and for the weekend and just have Saturday and Sunday to myself and well one of those evenings yeah we gotta do something yeah we will Want me to plan it? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're a much better planner than I am. <laughs> I am? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I don't know about that. But I will try if you want me to. You're a fantastic planner. Uh, I'm not like a good <laughs> okay. social planner. So I have here's no the thing. idea. So this was brought up recently to me that I don't make a lot of plans. Like, yeah. I tend to be the person who sits back and waits for others to suggest things to do. And then I'm like, cool, what time? Ah, really? Okay. Yeah, like I rarely am the person pushing the plans or creating. I might push a group to make plans. I'm like, I'll text the girls and be like, hey, let's get together. Or I'll talk to one of you in the group and I'll be like, let's get together. And then I'm like, hey, do you want to send the text or do you want me to? And the other person will usually say they'll send the text. Oh, good point. Yeah, so I'm good at that kind of stuff. I'm not good at the idea stuff. Like if you say, hey, I want to have a little happy hour social thingy at this event or at this venue. Then you pick the venue, I can make it happen. You'll it's wrangle just, the people. Yeah, it's it's just like 
picking the the venue mm. or the activity. But once the venue and the activity has been selected, I can totally wrangle people and get people to get the word out, set up arrangements, yes. catering. I can do all the organizational part. I just don't come up with good ideas on. See, like, I what think I'm the do. same way. Sometimes oh, I get really? too stuck in finding the, the thing to do because oh. I'm too worried about. Making everyone, something, yes. ha- making everyone happy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or picking a place yeah. that people want to go, and then yeah. I, I just feel too much pressure sometimes. Like I say I can't pick a restaurant either. It's like there's too many options. I'm like, give me three to choose from, and then I'll pick one. But like oh. when I have the whole yeah, thing, yeah. At my brain gets overwhelmed. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. and like I'm working really hard on this lately to just make a decision. I talked to my therapist about it. <laughs> How are things going with your therapist? they're okay i don't i don't know i don't love him like mm-hmm. i don't think he's my long-term long person but um we've talked and he's given me lots of articles like he gives me a lot of homework is that normal for a therapist i don't i never had this much homework with any other therapist yeah, i worked I've had with three therapists so far they've never really given me a lot of homework like that like i feel like i would enjoy worksheets yeah 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 like we talked about with jesse on that yeah. episode um but he gives me a lot of articles and homework huh. and then we'll just chat and like huh. i'll tell him something that's coming up during the week and we'll talk about it and i'm like huh. i know i know the things i need to work on so he'll just give me articles to read on it and i'm like i don't know i need a little i think the conclusion I'm coming to is that I need someone who's going to narrow things down mm-hmm. for me a little mm-hmm. bit more and give me, I need a little more firm hand yeah. in direction. Yeah. I only ask, and I appreciate you sharing because I think my, my big summer goal is to get a therapist. I really, you have really been mentioning need, this. Yeah, I know I keep mentioning, but yeah. things keep popping up. Just like do work. it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, every now and then I'll float onto my insurance company to try to find but the search engine sucks and because we have a new insurance company. Yeah, it's not like the old insurance company. So I was very familiar with the old insurance company. Mm-hmm. So now I got to the search engine's not pulling up the appropriate algorithms or therapists that Just I'm call. You know, well, it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, I know. They don't want to do anything yeah, by the phone to, anymore. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm trying to figure out. But I'm going to but it just requires so much time and I might do it. And then suddenly I get disrupted by people. I get disrupted so much. I'm not complaining. I know it's the nature of my job, <laughs> but I don't get anything done. I do not miss those days. Oh my god, I cannot. Sometimes, yeah. I have flashbacks when you when you talk about work. I have flashbacks of sitting in my office and like just getting cooking on something and like quote cooking, not really cooking people. I didn't cook at my day job, but I'm just getting going in a project, a spreadsheet, like updating, yeah. like doing accounts, whatever I'm working on, and someone comes to the door and I'm like okay or like I I put some I'll put hip-hop on like I would put explicit hip-hop on in my office and like someone rolls up and I'm like bing pause it (laughs) how can I help you like you just get going with some music and you're in a roll and a flow and it's like the phone's on mute do not disturb (laughs) and then someone walks up and it's like nope it's fine. Yeah. What can I do for you? How can I help? And that because you have to it's, do that. That's my job, right? Like right. I am here like today. I was trying to get my goal was to get out at one o'clock. You but know I'm what like, happened? I need someone to do my yeah. stuff for me. You know what happened <laughs> at one o'clock? One o'clock comes around and I'm packing up. And then suddenly uh, somebody comes up to my door and they're like, Dr. Miley, we need you in room 313 because there's a patient having a medical emergency. So I go over there to mm-hmm. evaluate her. And while I'm evaluating her, somebody else comes up and says, Dr. Miley, 
there's another patient out in the waiting room that has intellectual disabilities and they're making a scene but they were supposed to be rescheduled and we don't have a quiet room to put them in so now they're just loud and distracting outside and they're very upset that we can't see them and then i have mm-hmm. a few minutes later another person comes up i'm man i'm managing someone who it can't like she's fall, like she has a bruise she's fallen we're trying to we're trying to activate 911 i'm mm-hmm. waiting for the paramedics and they're like well this other patient has autism and there are two holes in his mouth and we can't seem to figure out what's going on and he's it's infected and he's 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 playing with it because he has autism yeah and i'm thinking holy moly all at one o'clock you're like is that all that's it yeah is the building not on fire and i'm like Ugh. maybe there should be a fire drill right now yeah oh my goodness gracious <laughs> and i'm like i just want to get out of here i'm not even supposed to be here yeah i know those moments i'm not supposed to be here <laughs> i was supposed to leave 10 minutes ago yes. I'm not going to get out of here. Part of it is just, I'm trying to be better with my boundaries, Mm -hmm. but But I'm not. At that job, it was really difficult to have a lot of boundaries because the minute it was like, what's that saying? You make plans and God laughs, right? You've heard this before. Like we make plans and God laughs. It's like, (laughs) yeah, there's just so much out of your control in that environment. Like, yeah, my, my duty is that she patients come duty. first. <laughs> patients come first. My right. students and residents and their learning come first. Yes. Right? So I get it. Mm-hmm. I think just like when it all just comes, when it just comes all at once, I just <laughs> get a little overwhelmed. And I just need Well, to and breathe. you're coming off of a time of having covering for everyone, yes. not having help, not having right. any backup. I think this intro is beautifully leading into our episode today. Yeah. And uh, what is our episode today? We're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Yes. And how it shows up in different parts yes. of life. I'll probably be sharing some examples. <laughs> a, a lot. Well, a lot in work and a lot in life, too. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this episode. Me, too. I think um, one of my friends, Renee, who I've known since junior high, was we had been talking about it and she actually suggested it to me in a message and I was like great idea we've been talking about that like we're gonna get on it so here it is Renee we're finally doing it thank you for being patient with us yes 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 all right let's get into it today we are talking about imposter syndrome imposter syndrome it's a kind of a hot button or hot button topic. I don't know. It's kind of something that we've been hearing a lot about the last few years. I don't know. And what I'm calling the rise of women, ah, women, yes, rise, uh-huh. you know, women in the, in high position jobs mm-hmm. and being more of a face in bigger roles that typically men have occupied and our struggle collectively as women to occupy those roles and feel worthy of them. Exactly. I like how you worded it because oftentimes you you work so hard to get to these higher places. You don't even realize the effect at like how that has affected you mm-hmm. uh, because we're so busy. For me, I'm so busy trying to do my job the best that I can. But sometimes I wonder, am I giving that 110 or 130 percent because I feel like I have to be able to do that in order to deserve the job that I have and even then once we get there and Mm -hmm. we've earned our Mm -hmm. new space we often we often have earned our spot long before we're given the title or the role or the position and even once we're given the title the role the position 
that we deserve, we have doubts. Yes. And what's fascinating to me is how it's not exclusive to women, but this is something I think women feel a lot. And I think just men will apply for jobs where they don't even qualify for the whole job and they they're confident they'll take it they'll mm-hmm. get it and ugh, makes me crazy we talked a little bit about this recently but women will see a job and they'll be able to knock out 90 percent of those qualifications and then they doubt themselves because of the 10 percent on that yes job request that they're not sure they can do when exactly. it's like who the fuck cares get in there and learn it tell them you're confident you can do it and go get it so it, it's interesting and like I think the con- so imposter syndrome I guess is what I found was the condition of feeling anxious and not feeling success internally despite being high performing in external objective ways I like how you said the external objective ways because yeah. oftentimes imposter phenomenon mm-hmm. or imposter syndrome Many people will attribute their accomplishments or their success to luck Mm. instead of like internally realizing that they actually deserve or that they've actually worked hard for something. One example of me feeling like an imposter like recently was I was in Fiji doing a mission trip and I was working alongside an oral surgeon and I was able to like I was able to keep up, let's say, quote, keep up with extractions and all the surgeries alongside an oral surgeon but and people would be giving me compliments but I was like well he's the oral surgeon I'm quote just a general dentist and I kept saying well I got that tooth out because I was lucky like people would be like wow you did that so quickly or you did that so well and there was no complications and I'd be like it's just luck it's just luck and at one point the dental which you know is bullshit (laughs) in my head I'm just like well I'm just lucky like I, I I'm anticipating in my mind I'm like I'm quote just a general dentist the oral surgeon's right here he's the one that is doing great right mm-hmm. and then at, at one point after I had said you know, well I, I I was I just got lucky on that one time or that one tooth the dental assistant comes to me and she goes it's not luck you are talented and you know what you're doing Aww. so stop saying it's luck I love her I was it a her it was a her okay. <laughs> and so it was just it's so like I wasn't even realizing that I was, was putting yourself exactly. down yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it was just nice. like, And I think part of it too, like as women, we need to be encouraging each other and mm-hmm. helping each other realize that, dude, dude, Ed, you are, yeah, you are awesome. Yeah. You, you are where you're supposed to be. You are incredibly skilled and talented yeah. at this thing. And that's why you're able to achieve it at the level of someone who went to school yeah. extra years specifically for that thing. But like yeah. you've been in dentistry a long time. You have learned a lot of this stuff from people who have basically been where these oral surgeons are you learned from oral surgeons which is very standard to people in dentistry but um I think yeah I think being able to accept the compliment accept the praise and go yeah you're right you know I think when you said luck I thought when I first got my gig at the dental school it took me a minute to feel lucky But I did feel really, I was really, I was really grateful at a certain point. Not to say that I wasn't most of the time thankful, grateful, you know, depending on what day it was. Uh, (laughs) I, um, at a certain point when we started, when we started really growing, like I, I attributed a lot of what I was able to do to being brought in under the boss that I was under. Yeah. Because I don't think that every 
every faculty, every boss in that university mm-hmm. would have done, would have yeah. seen the potential. Like, I don't know that everybody in that place had the potential that she had. And having me under her, I really do feel like was a big part of the success and the growth and where that clinic oh, yeah. is today. I totally agree. With another person in my role, it would not have been no, as easy. No, it would not have. It would not have been as smooth. There would not have been the collaborations, the efforts. I mean, exactly. it just wouldn't have. It might have taken longer. It might have gotten there eventually. It just might have taken a little longer. But um, it took me a long time to realize that I was a big part of that success. And I think that's an, a great example of, and I don't well know if it was imposter syndrome, but to realize that you are worthy and that you were the right person at the right time to do that job. Sure. It was, yeah, I don't know if that was specifically imposter syndrome, but yeah, when you that, said luck, mm-hmm. I often felt lucky that I came in under her, which is yeah. still true. However, there was also this little bit of like, wow, why am I getting to do this? Yeah. Am I sure I want this? And I did hold back a, long, oh. a lot of times from pushing for the job that I knew I wanted. I, almost every role I moved up into, we created because, because of the growth yes. of the clinic. And I was like, this clinic has grown. This is huge. Mm-hmm. We need more. We need a person doing this. She's like, well, who do you recommend? I'm like, well, I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there was no administrative assistant before yeah. me. There was no office manager before me. There was no director of operations before me. Now there are yeah. all of those supporting yeah. roles. You you actually, you are the, what is it? The woman Catalyst. who blazed the flyer. Nope. The blazing fire. The Blazing a path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Path blazer. Fire. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely feel like I was a catalyst though. Yeah. Like I was an instigator in saying like, you're right. Like, uh, like in times when I'd be drowning in work and they should be like, where are we at on this project? I'm like, I'm so fucking behind. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm trying to keep up on all yeah. these things. And like, there came a point where I was like, holy fuck, I'm so behind on so many things. I was like, this, I look at my workload and I'm like, this is two positions. Someone needs yeah. to do this so that someone can be yes. free to do these things. Because I can't manage day-to-day clinic operations like at 100% no. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and be working on the amount of grant work that we had and like funding and going to meetings downtown and doing all of the things that I was being asked to do and there yeah so anyways that's how we ended up that's how I ended up there but it took me a long time to realize that uh I I was capable and I was deserving and I should be in those roles and like I don't know. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it, Miley. Tell us tell us your uh, your your stuff on imposter syndrome. Well, there there are about five types of imposter syndrome or uh, ways that it can manifest is one of the things that I wanted to talk to us about. I can probably relate to several of them, if not all of them. <laughs> but I think it the way we categorize it can help our listeners better understand how imposter syndrome can manifest because mm-hmm. it can manifest in a lot of different ways. We've already alluded to a couple ways already in the workplace, but yeah. this might explain why someone might feel that they are an imposter, right? So uh, number one the expert is number one. Okay. The types of imposter yeah, syndrome the or the different ways. Syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes what happens is people the diff- might. These are, I'm sorry to interrupt you. These are like the personalities of people who. Yes. Oh, no. These are um, like, for example, for the expert. Okay. It might be that people keep calling you the expert and you just don't feel like you are capable or worthy of being the expert. And Got so it. that puts, like that puts external pressure on you to feel like you 
you have to work extra hard in order to live up to this expectation of being the expert. Okay. So you have this pressure that ex- is external, but also you internally add pressure to yourself. Okay. So it, so that's why like sometimes you might hold yourself back from applying for a job because you don't feel that you have the expertise yet. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so then in order to before or in order to make yourself prepared to apply for a promotion, you end up reading like a lot of books or sitting training is this could this be even sitting at a table a meeting in a meeting room and not contributing with what your thoughts are because you don't feel like you belong at the table or you're like I'm not as good as these people they've been doing it so much longer than me I'm not sure I should say anything until you go and do your research and then come back and say something okay so you might be like somebody might ask you something at the table and say like Mandy, you're an expert in this. What do you think about this? You will refrain from answering and you might say, well, let me go do some research and come back to you. Okay. Even though you might already know the answer, but you are too afraid to say something. Gotcha. Is is that... Like, because is you that don't want to be wrong? Uh, or you just don't think you know? You, you don't, don't trust your ability to know? You don't trust your ability. Okay, got it. Yeah. And and what happens is when people call... The more that people call you an expert, the, the more worrisome you get or the more uncomfortable you get because you don't want to... Be in that spotlight. Got it. Okay. Uh, if you are feeling the pressure and people are relying on you and they put this label on you that you're the expert and you don't feel like you are, then some ways to kind of overcome that is to start uh, practicing what's called just-in-time learning. This means that you start to acquire a skill whenever you mean it rather than, or whenever you need it rather than just trying to Always be doing extra homework, extra reading, extra things that are un- unnecessary. Okay. So uh, let's say, for example, and I can only think of dental examples. <laughs> Sorry. But I might be given a procedure to mm-hmm. do. Uh, but what I end up doing is I'm reading up on 10 other different procedures and not just the one that. I'm assigned to do. Okay. So I'm so focused on making sure that I'm over prepared as opposed to just being prepared for the one procedure I've been given. Okay. So what I should do is really catch myself before I do the, before I do research on the other 10 procedures, just focus on the task at hand, which is the one procedure I've been tasked with. Got it. That might make me overcome that, 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 that external pressure of doing more work. The other thing is becoming a mentor so that when you're training other people, you can start to feel and see that you actually do know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. The second kind of personality or imposter syndrome there is, is um, the superwoman. When people mm-hmm. think that you are can do able it all. to, yeah, can do it all. That That's you're, you and you're, me. You're, yes. <laughs> We're overachievers. We're workaholics, mm-hmm. uh, addicted to the validation that comes with working rather than the work itself. Although for in that mindset, mm. like I think we actually are passionate about the work that we do and that is yeah. why we do all the things that we do. I was going to say, I'm definitely less comfortable mm-hmm. with accolades yeah. than I probably should be. And and that's really just, again, all of these are generalizations. Uh, but what happens is the superwoman is that person who comes in early, stays late, works on the weekends. And I remember when I first started <laughs> my job, my job as faculty at the school is four days a week. I would come in on Sunday afternoons every single week 
just to get a head start on the week, to do extra work, to make sure that I could handle everything that I was prepared, overprepared. Mm-hmm. Superwoman is the person who comes in early, stays late, makes them themselves very available and works extra hard because they're trying to make up like in their mind they think that it's the amount or the quantity of work that gives them value interesting some ways to kind of overcome that is to notice when you might be doing a little too much extra that is unnecessary um and and if the tasks are are getting harder and or are too big don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. You don't have to feel like you have to do everything. You don't always have to be the first person in the office. Like one of the things that I... I was never the first person <laughs> in the office. Let me just say that. So... I, I was not the last person in trust. Boss would roll in after yeah. me every day, even when she was on time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was, I was never... I'm never the first person in the office, y'all. So... For me, one of the things that I had to learn when I became director a year ago was that I don't have to run every meeting. Yeah. Just because I'm the director, I don't have to run every meeting. Uh, In the beginning, I felt like I had to do everything because I didn't want to be seen as a slacker. Like I just got this new promotion and I felt like I had really big shoes to fill and I felt like I had to be this person that was always there. I'd be the first one in the last one to leave and and then I felt like I had to run every every meeting Mm -hmm. and then slowly over time I realized like I don't always have to show up early so then I started having other people on the team be responsible for the one that shows up early or be the last one to have to stay till the end of the day kind of thing right and so again noticing when you don't have to be the one that does all of the work sharing the work Number three personality is the perfectionist. This might be because you have such high standards for yourself. You feel like you'll never achieve or you never deserve what you like, uh, like what you've, uh, uh, what you've achieved, actually, what you've obtained for yourself. Okay. So you constantly keep working and working and working and you hold yourself potentially to an impossible standard. So I think I'm curious if for me, what I would do is because I wasn't sure I would ever do it perfectly I would often procrastinate Mm. because I was terrified of or you know scared of not doing it well or not knowing what I was doing or doubting myself in a thing so I would procrastinate which was a form of self-sabotage and then later if I didn't do great I could be like oh I just didn't have time I did that right at the last minute and I could blame it on something yes is this part of that yes exactly that's a great example it's going to actually be one of the examples that I was going (laughs) to that's a perfect example okay well that was me yeah because Mm -hmm. then you can't you can't blame the fact that you're not perfect right the fact i can is, blame my procrastination yes, exactly yeah um, or what happens is the other example when it comes to procrastination is you want it to be perfect so much that you take forever to get it done because mm-hmm. it can never be perfect so you're never done with it and, and i'm it just anxious keeps, yes, about it yeah you're so anxious about it because and so that's so one of the things is like recognizing that the goal is progress not perfection oh yeah that's a big one in aa before before uh before i left dental school one of my instructors actually sat me down and he looked straight in the eye and he said we have to have a very serious conversation before you graduate and he goes i need you to understand the difference between excellence and perfection Mm. and i know that you are one of the biggest perfectionists i have ever worked with 
And you need to learn that it is about achieving excellence, not perfectionism. And if you keep going down this road, you are not going to you're not going to be very successful in like was what he was saying. Right. And I remember that conversation and it, and it stays with me. And every time I start to see my tendencies for being a perfectionist, like I'm not satisfied with the outcome or I'm I'm kind of uh, procrastinating because I'm afraid of giving my all and it not meeting the bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh I have to remind myself of that conversation that he had and then that it's like progress, excellence, and that perfection is is not what our goal is. Right. Yeah. And the the big part about perfectionism is there's this uh there's this I don't know if it's subconscious, maybe it's conscious, but this subconscious self-talk that might be critical to your like might not be uh helpful. So you may be subconsciously criticizing yourself because you're not enough or you can't be great or you can't make it perfect. And mm-hmm. so uh, being able to recognize when you have that self-talk that's self-critical to, yeah. you know, and, and berating think, yeah. yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fear that you won't live up to expectations. Yeah. Now, the the next one, the next imposter syndrome personality is called the soloist. And this is actually someone who does not want to ask for help. Maybe they're too afraid to ask questions. They feel like uh, they just want to take care of everything themselves. Um, and it, Is this it, a little controlling? Controlling and or they, they don't want to ask for help because they're afraid that if they ask for help, it will appear as though they're going to be a fraud. Of they don't know how to do their exactly, job. Exactly. That they don't know how to do their job if they ask for help. Yeah. So then they end up doing everything themselves. So if you feel like you're too afraid to ask for help, you find out like figure out why what what are those reasons for not asking for help sometimes it's because you want all the 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 credit that's different that's not imposter syndrome but but don't don't skip asking for help exactly in so when it is what's the word i'm looking for when it is shooting yourself in the foot when you are getting in the way of your own progress like asking for help is something i have had to learn so many times <laughs> like, yeah. and f- that working in that role was one of the first times I had to be like I can't do it. like there was only so many times I could be asked where are we on this this project or this project or this mm-hmm. project and I'm like I'm in the same place I was a week ago because I can't do it all yeah. you know there was only so many times I could be asked before I was like fuck me I can't <laughs> do all this like holy shit I thought yeah. I could do it all and like I was living in this dream world of thinking I really could do this all if I just applied myself harder and got better. And it became painfully obvious when I was asked repeatedly, where are we with this? Where are we with this? And I'm like, I'm in the same fucking place I was two weeks ago. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Like, But I don't think you didn't ask for help because you felt like you had to do it all yourself. I didn't I feel like didn't I had for- to. I didn't know there was another option. option. Exactly. That's what I mean. So, like, I think in your situation... Um, I don't know if you felt I'm imposter like, who syndrome. else could I, help I, me? Yeah, I think you just didn't have the resources <laughs> to help you. And I think that if there be. was resources, you would have asked for it. I don't that think you be. didn't ask for help because you didn't want to because of, you know, out of fear. I had to that ask you would for, I think I had to ask for enough. the resources. Right. And I yeah. didn't have them and yeah. we created them and then I did get them. Yeah. So yeah, you so, might yeah. be right. There's I a little think, bit of, yeah. a couple things happening there. Because in this situation, it's the resources are there. You just don't want to ask for help because you're afraid that if you ask for help, it might look like you don't know what you're doing or you, you, you'll feel threatened that you're not good enough to do the job. So like, for example, at different times of my, my career, the last 10 years at the dental school, I'd be given projects and 
I wouldn't want to ask for help because I didn't want someone to, else to do a better job than me. And it would look. Oh, right. Like that's an, an example of imposter syndrome where I'm like, if I, if somebody if I ask for help and someone does a better job, it might mean that I'm not good enough to do this job. Huh. Interesting. Does that make sense? It does. Right? I just I've never experienced that. Yes. I wouldn't ask for help because I'm like, no one's going to do this better than me. OK. Yeah. <laughs> no, it would for me, it would be this is an example. And, and, but, of, but my shit would get so behind. I'd be like, I don't fucking care. Do a half ass. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> Please no, no. Please just get this done and turn in something because I am never going to get yeah. to it. Or the other thing is it, it, very similar to what you just said. Is like so like now I'm at a place where. I might not ask for help because I don't think someone can do it better than me. And I don't trust. And the the problem oh. is not that I'm better than you. It's just I can't trust someone else to do. Right. There's little control job. things happening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So again, I think based on your experience, based on where you are at work. Mm -hmm. um, and I know all of this is work related. All of these examples are work related. We have a we segment coming really, up yeah. at the end of this Perfect. where I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome in your relationships. Perfect. So. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of say like these personalities, although I'm giving you examples of work, it can manifest in other areas. But yes. in my head right now, I experience the most imposter syndrome at work. And I but, think that resonates with people yeah. like women, I should say. And, you know, men listening can probably also resonate with some imposter syndrome things. I just know it's a hot, topic, topic with women, women yes. especially women like you and I mm -hmm. you're high up in the workplace you're leading teams you're doing big things you're pushing for more you have big goals big dreams things you want to achieve and it's if you're you know we're going to talk about workplace factors that can support you and help you move out yeah. of imposter syndrome but like Anyways, we're giving yeah. you kind of like the basics right now. So back to the personality, the number one, the number four personality is the soloist, which is where you yeah. feel like you, you don't want to ask for help because right. of how fear. Do we... And how do you overcome that is by putting yourself in situations where you are working with a team okay. and being able to do that internal work, that self work to re, uh, restructure some of the neural components in your head to kind of don't just suddenly think that you're not enough because you have to ask for help or that like you understanding you're better together yes, exactly and knowing that just because you're working with a team does not diminish your capability or your worth no together we can go so much further but not everyone thinks that way and for me i will also say it took me a long time to get to that mindset as well it's in the it's easy to feel like a struggle especially when if you're a person whose mind moves so fast and you can get to the end and it takes maybe the group a little bit longer to see the end goal but sometimes you just need to slow down and let people take their time and get there because they might contribute something really cool along the way even with their like slower or different process yes exactly okay you have a fifth yep personality. the last one that they talk about in the research is number five is the natural genius oh that's and me <laughs> i'm just kidding i actually have no idea what this yeah. i didn't this, read about uh, this so. this is similar to the perfectionist uh -oh. uh, it might but be it's me. not just about getting a task perfect you want to know the ins and outs all of the facts all of the information and if you don't know everything oh, oh mandy's making uh -oh. a face uh-oh uh-oh um then you might get really frustrated at yourself and uh and and how long it's taking for you to grasp the entire concept or information so therefore you hmm. might procrastinate and or avoid meetings where you have to do presentations because you don't 
you think that if you go into a meeting and you do a presentation and you don't know all the facts all the information the whole thing from beginning to end you will look like a fraud oh interesting okay that's not quite me gathering all of the information though is a trait of mine yes and sometimes i get stuck answering a a simple question the boyfriend will tell you this (laughs) because i have more questions which is very frustrating for the question asker and it's not like i don't understand that it's just my brain's natural reaction to want to gather more details before because i feel like but i I feel like my answers are so deaf sometimes i feel like an answer is so definite that i'm like I don't know. I need more information. Yeah. Like I'm like chat GPT. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about the situation? <laughs> I think for you, it d- is not about imposter syndrome. You're natural curious. Like I'm you're naturally so curious, curious, right? In this situation, like for me, one example for myself is uh, in the beginning when I first started working as a dentist and as someone who takes care of people with special needs, I would be asked to do presentations mm-hmm. on people like about taking care of people with special needs. Oh. And I didn't, I, and I felt like I was a fraud because I didn't feel like I knew enough and I was a fraud really really afraid that if I spoke and lectured about people with special needs and and someone asked me a question that I didn't know the answer to I was deathly afraid that if I didn't know all the answers to any potential question that I didn't deserve to be a lecturer or a speaker or even deserve my job because if I didn't know all the answers they're gonna find out that I'm an imposter and you thought you you needed to be a subject matter expert right and and but what happens is like you're an expert but an expert doesn't mean that you know all the answers right so the antidote to something like this is that you have to understand that you you still are worthy you still bring value you still know your stuff even if you don't know everything and you're not supposed to know everything no one knows everything I've heard, I've listened to podcasts and lectures and uh, speakers and presentations where they, they're asked questions and they're, they'll, if they get asked a question that they are are not specifically sure on, they'll say, you know, that's a great question. I don't know that I've ever looked at it from that angle of da, 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 da. Like that's something I'm curious about. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. And And then they'll usually pivot into an area that they do know about. Yeah. So that's a speaking technique, right? So now, you know, I plan a lot of speaking engagements. And so Mm -hmm. when I, when I try to find talent that I'd like, I'd be like, Hey, I think you'd make a great speaker on this topic. One of the, the pushbacks is that they're so afraid that the audience is going to ask them questions that they don't know. And I'm like, that's where we can prep you so that yeah. you can do exactly what you just said, Mandy is like, learn, like one recognize or acknowledge, you know what? Maybe I don't know the answer and that's okay. Like I also pivot to, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out and I'll get the answer back to you when I do find out. Like I'll okay. send a message out to everybody. I got to tell you, I just thought of a new business for you where you're coaching speakers. <laughs> it would be fun too. And you could make money. I, I, I would like to actually because I love designing you can do an online course love, yeah we are going off topic <laughs> we're gonna make Miley an online course for public speakers oh that would be fun how actually. to public speak yes 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 what happens when you get asked a question that you don't oh, know the yeah. answer to and it's so funny because I just came back from my gig in Austin and there was like five questions for sure that I didn't know the answer to. And I like how you know I made five a questions. Well, I made a list and <laughs> I'm going to follow up and send it back to the coordinator and send out the answers. But one of the reviews that I got back was they loved how honest I was about not knowing answers. And then what I would do is Cute. I actually turned it back around. And I said, does anyone else in the audience know the answer oh, yeah. to this? You told or, us. <laughs> that was great. Exactly. Right, and I actually, for me, I've gotten really comfortable with 
with with speaking in in front of people because I want to make it more of a conversation and I'm not as afraid like again it goes back to in the beginning when I would do presentations I felt the pressure to know everything and I'd be so afraid that people would ask me a question that I didn't know the answer to and then people would realize oh what does she know she doesn't know anything why are we even here in this class we're gonna up and leave and that was like my nightmare that would play in my head and now I'm thinking no if I don't know the answer let's talk about it Google's right here. You all have phones. Let's Google the answer right now together. Right. Let's all learn together. So not feeling disappointed when you fall short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And recognizing that falling short is really probably an imaginary thing in your head. It is. All that, yes. And so I, I actually talking about all five of these personalities, I've I've lived through all five of them. (laughs) And, you know, and I still, there are moments where I still face imposter syndrome. Sure. I I don't know if you can truly ever overcome it I think you get better at recognizing moments where you have those tendencies and then you remind yourself like I think of affirmations Mm -hmm. to remind myself that I I am right where I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. and I remind and I start to recognize like my I am a highly educated individual I have earned Mm -hmm. being where I am today I know a lot of things about xyz whatever the topic is and I can handle any obstacle that Mm -hmm. comes my way yeah I mean, one of my colleagues right now, she has a, she has a really big imposter syndrome situation. Mm. And, and part of it is if you allow it to affect you so much, it can actually negatively affect your ability to work. It really And it can. is now starting to affect her work. I've had to sit down with her and talk to her about this imposter syndrome because it, it actually is making her do certain things that actually make our whole team less efficient right it sabotages exactly yeah and i have to like i've had to say over and over again to her you are exactly where you're supposed to be i did not hire you because Mm -hmm. i had no one else to hire like i did not settle for you because her (laughs) her thing is that she feels like we just we we did it to her as a favor Oh, gosh. Right? And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. We don't hire people because of favors. Like, I right. need someone competent. We didn't competent. owe you a yeah, job. exactly. Right? I was like, we didn't just hire you because, they, you know, and I said that a lot. I was like, we didn't hire you just because there was no one available. Right. We hired you because you were the best person for the job. And so, like, you need to trust us. If you don't trust, if and you don't trust yourself, you can grow into this. Yes, exactly. You're not going to be there tomorrow. Nope. This is Miley's 10 years in. Yeah. And I had to tell her and that too. And this person is probably a lot less. And I had to tell her that too because I because she was like, but you do this and you do this. And I'm like, number one. I've been here for 10 years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> number one, you and I are not the same person. Right. Because you are special and like you are. And I and I think I said the word perfect, but you're perfect the way you are. You are where you're yeah. supposed to be. Um, I don't expect you to be me. Right. And then the second thing I said was, I also have 10 years on you. Yeah. So I don't expect you to be where I'm at. I expect you to be exactly where you're at right now. And excited to grow. Yes, yes. Like the willingness and the excitement to want to be more is so valuable in the workplace. Yes, yeah. exactly. So um, because I see a lot of she's experiencing a lot of these personalities and it's manifesting in her communication Mm -hmm. in her ability to complete certain tasks that I give her the way she carries herself and the decision making Mm. decision making is getting uh, like negatively impacted so I had to sit down with her I'm like okay you're Mm -hmm. feel and she has a big chip on her shoulder and she feels like she doesn't deserve to be there Mm. like that is not helpful right you you being you putting a lot of energy into 
you not being worthy. And that keeps you and takes you away from actually doing your job. Yeah. And the job that I need you to do, which I know you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't trust yourself, you need to trust me. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of factors I noted in the workplace that can contribute to imposter syndrome. And I know some of these we might just inherently have or we have grown up and things have taught us to respond this way. But sometimes at work, it's uh, not seeing people who look like you in your industry or in your role. And so when you get there, you're like, I don't know, there's no I'm the only woman of color at this table that's concerning or you know what I mean that can make you feel like maybe I don't belong Um, there could be racist or sexist comments happening in your workplace that make you feel less than there could be it could be a lack of supportive leadership which is understandable like if you don't have a good leader you can feel like you don't belong Um, the wage gap for women can be be very uh can can uh contribute to these feelings of imposter syndrome because you're like i don't know like maybe i'm not worth shit because i'm definitely making 80 cents on the dollar of what this guy's making Mm -hmm. and this dickhead does half of what i do (laughs) um as you move and and i did note there was something really interesting i found online when i was looking and researching the topic a little bit more as you move up the ladder It can feel, continue to feel more lonely, like lonelier if you have less peers in your new groups. Mm. So I think for women, that might be exponential. Like as you move up, there may be less and less women where you're going and it can, you know, contribute and enhance that feeling of imposter syndrome if it's already there. Imposter syndrome, yes, for sure. I, I mean, there's an organization that I volunteer with and there's a board of trustees. I'm not a trustee. But I know that of the 20 people that's a board of it's on the board of trustees, there's one female. Mm-hmm. And and I can't even imagine what it's like to be in a room when you're debating on important things and be the only female in that room. The only female yeah. voice. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm part of the board of region directors, which is one level below the trustees. There's 20 region directors of the 20 region directors. There's three females. Wow. I'm one of three. And oftentimes there might be debate, but it's so nice to have another female to support some of the things that I share. But sometimes I I imagine what it's like. I've never I've never been in one of the board of trustees meetings, but I wonder what it's like being the only female in a room with 19 other men discussing topics that, you know, are you know, it, it just blows my mind sometimes yeah. and I, just, I feel really lucky that most of the time I haven't had to be the only woman in a room. I there was almost always at least one other person there who I could shoot a look at and be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> exactly it's so nice to be able to share like yeah to exchange a knowing glance (laughs) with another woman in the room who is like what are these men talking Uh about right now Uh Um, so on the flip side of the things that can contribute things that help would be having a supportive manager or leader Mm -hmm. and that might not always be immediately available to you so find a mentor or find a trusted advisor who can help you and guide you and tell you you are where you're supposed to be like Miley just described she's being a fabulous mentor for the person at the well you're trying trying, you're doing your best because the other part is you have to accept the mentorship as well right and accept the feedback and you're stepping into that role and however you know however you're getting there like that's a good example of being that person for someone who needs it. Um, Also asking for what you deserve as far as your pay goes. Like demand more money if you know someone in your role is getting more than you for no fucking good reason. 
Like, or, and if the, your organization can't give that to you, maybe it's time to move on. Yeah. And that might be scary. Don't be afraid to move on when you know that you are worth more. Yeah. Than what you're given. I mean, I think most of the people who have left that particular workplace mm-hmm. in the last five years have moved on for more opportunity and money. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and it's not to say that we're, they're not doing the work that they love, but it, there is also something about feeling valued by the place you work for and being paid appropriately. I was going to say, it's like money is not the only way to show or, you know, determine your worth or your value, but it is one of the many ways. There are other ways that your workplace should be valuing you, uh, but it doesn't exclude money. Money is just one of the many ways that. Uh, your your work of employment should show value. Right. Agreed. I want to briefly touch on a few ways imposter syndrome can show up in relationships and then some questions to ask yourself to help you cope with the feelings of imposter syndrome at the end. And that can apply to both of these, either workplace and relational stuff. So um, in relationships, sometimes you can feel like an imposter in your relationship. Maybe you feel like you're not enough for the other person. So feeling unworthy Mm -hmm. is one way. You might feel like you're not sufficient. You struggle to view yourself as someone worthy of being with this person. You might place your partner on a pedestal. You might devalue yourself. You may believe they deserve someone better than you. That is an example of imposter syndrome in relationships. You may be focusing on shortcomings. So if you fail to see your own strengths, you're over-focused and, um, on what you perceive as your own shortcomings. You might see yourself as a burden in the relationship rather than an equal. And we've talked about this in other relationships. It's important, FYI, when you're in a relationship that you enter into a relationship where you feel your partner is a peer slash equal. Yes, for sure. So if you struggle to see yourself as an equal and you're only focusing on your shortcomings versus your strengths, that's not helpful to the relationship not not healthy or helpful not healthy not helpful it makes the other person feel terrible too fearing exposure so living with imposter syndrome can make you feel like you're playing a part and pretending to be someone else like if you're always trying to live up to a role Mm, that you think mm -hmm. the other person wants um, and you're scared that they're going to find out the real you so doubting your partner is another way imposter syndrome can show up in relationships. Um, you know, you feel inadequate causes you to doubt your partner's feelings for you. That kind of goes back to the unworthy one. So it's more about knowing your place, knowing your worth. Um, you may feel insecure or jealous of other people in your partner's life because you you find it hard to believe that they're genuinely committed to you. So doubting your partner is scary. Like, if I was the person being doubted, I'd be really scared. Yeah. Like, that doesn't feel good. It doesn't good. feel good, no. Uh, expecting the worst is if you might not be feeling worthy of having good things somewhere deep down. You're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're waiting for things to be taken away from you. Instead of allowing yourself to just believe in the best, hope for the best, you might be preparing for the worst in every scenario. I will say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mandy, but... I will say all of these things that you're sharing, it is also assuming that your partner isn't causing you to feel these ways. Like hopefully like your partner is actually doing the work and they're doing their part in the relationship. And all of these are more internally driven. Like you're feeling unworthy because of the thoughts that are going on in your head. Not necessarily because your partner really is. On the other side. Yeah. When I was looking at this list and you know, when you were talking about focusing on like uh, shortcomings, 
I focus a lot on my shortcomings with Brent, but it was only because he would always point them out to me. <laughs> so I don't know if I really experienced right. imposter syndrome with him. I felt like I was always focused on my shortcomings because he was so critical. He so was critical I'm, and gaslighting. Yeah. So when, when you share these things, like again, imposter syndrome isn't, I, I, I want to be careful when I say this, like I don't think it's like an externally causing thing. Like right. it's not like your circumstances are causing you to have and feel imposter syndrome. A lot of it is internally driven because of the thoughts that are going on in your head or the lack of confidence or the self-esteem that anxiety. you have. Anxiety. Yes. Yeah. And these things will only further yes. that lack of confidence, that anxiety. Right. So it's about asking yourself, like really getting back to the to what's true. I think of Cy Wakeman when mm-hmm. I think of like, what are the facts? What yes. do I know to be for sure? Correct. And that goes like, so some of the questions that I found online that you can ask yourself to cope with some of these feelings and they're tough questions. What are the core beliefs I hold about myself? Mm-hmm. And write them down. Do I believe I am worthy of love as I am? And if it's in the workplace, do I believe I am worthy of this job as I am? in my or my role however you want to fill that in must I be perfect for others to approve of me I love that you asked that question because I think at the root of imposter syndrome is some kind of approval whether Mm -hmm. it's approval from yourself Mm -hmm. to be yourself or you're seeking approval from others and because you're seeking that you will never feel as though you are good enough right yeah so uh, these are tough questions if you haven't done this type of work before it's hard work it's hard work and writing it down is really cathartic i think writing and journaling in in general is really cathartic for me but writing it down really helps you come to grips with shit i need to work on this like whatever it might be the core beliefs you have about yourself your worthiness like you know do you need to be perfect for others to prove you of you or love you like get real with those questions and sit with it and you know do some you know whether you go out into the internet and try to do some research or do read some books do some things on your own or you speak with a counselor like when you sit with those questions that's that's real yeah that's the work mm-hmm. and you are worth the work you are regardless of what your stories your head is telling you you're worth it babe yes i like oh that's another sticker phrase you're worth it babe i love it Mm -hmm. let's do it awesome well i hope everybody enjoyed this episode i really enjoyed this talk i did too i liked going over some of these personality types and the way things present how we can counter them the ways it might present in personal relationship which i think is some i i don't think that's focused on much when people talk about imposter syndrome it's often in the workplace and i think it's important to know how it might show up in your interpersonal relationships so i don't know i really like this i like it it's too. a good reminder yeah i mean i really like the part about how it is like how you talked about imposter syndrome in relationships because i think the times when i felt like i i was experiencing imposter syndrome in relationships was when i was my most insecure self right with someone I think when you are insecure in a relationship, that is probably one of the most triggering moments where you might experience imposter syndrome. And having the, having the, um, I guess, knowledge or experience or the, the capacity to say to the other person, mm-hmm. I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling less than in these ways. Can we talk about yes. that? And like, 
you know, having a partner who maybe like if you're a more anxious person, you might need a little more reassurance. You might need someone who understands that X, Y, and Z makes you feel anxious. And just having the, you know, having the capacity, I guess, to uh, talk about it and have the language for it. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the tools for it, seek them out because there's a lot of ways you can do that. I like it. I love it. I actually really, I really, really enjoyed this topic. Me too. Thanks, Renee, for encouraging us to finally get it done. We hope everyone enjoyed this and Renee as well. (laughs) Keep us posted. Share this episode with anyone who you think might benefit from listening. And we love you. Love you too. And as a final note, if you would be so kind to give us a rating and review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it is truly helpful to our little show. And if you found this episode helpful to you, please share it on social media or with a loved one. You can find and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Woman Get In. And you can find me, Miley, at Dr. Smiley Miley. And I, Mandy, am at MandyPants15 on Instagram. Thanks so much, friends. We'll see you next week.